0: WAIF as a community radio station serves only to open its airwaves to responsible divergent points of view. The opinions expressed during this program do not reflect the views of WAIF, its staff, or board of trustees. The opinions expressed reflect my own views or the views of my guests. Thank you for listening to WAIF Cincinnati, and thank you for tuning into Kingdom Building. We're here every Wednesday from 12 one. My name is Rich here with Jim and Julie is off today. So my little Valentine is off today so uh, I will see her after the show. How you doing Jim?
1: Hey we're doing good. You know we're we're down here in New New Jerusalem down in Florida with the palm trees.
0: Hey we were having an awesome day today so I'm (laughs) thrilled to be right where I'm at. Yeah. Didn't Paul good. say well, be content wherever you are? He
1: said be content whatever state you're in. <laughs> that's
0: right. So I'm in Ohio, you're in Florida. So we're content. Yeah. Amen. 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 Anyway, <laughs> so um hope everyone's doing well out there. God bless you and uh and I think we have something here for you today. Um the title is Kingdom Focus. What's Kingdom Focus? Well, some may call it third-day Focus or Seventh day focused. Seven day focused. Uh, you know, it's focusing on the kingdom. And where's the kingdom? It's inside of each and every one of us. Jim, what would you say the definition of third-day, seventh-day focus is? We know seventh day is a day of rest. Um, what's different between the third day, seventh day, and way before we even talked about a third day.
1: Well, you know, Jesus was talking uh, to uh, his constituents there in the New Testament, and he said, for two days I'm going to do signs and miracles and wonders, uh, but on the third day, basically, I'm going to be crucified, uh, but I'm going to be resurrected, And uh, when he said, on the third day, I'm going to be resurrected, he then followed up with saying, uh, this spoke he of his body. Now, obviously, we can look at it in the natural and say, Jesus died in his physical body, and he was resurrected on the third day in his physical body. But Jesus was referring to his body, meaning the body of Christ, that in the third day that they were going to be resurrected. And uh, we're two days, a day is as a thousand years and we're 2,000 years away from Calvary. So here we are in this third day, this this new day of resurrection. And three in God's numbers equation means complete. And God right now is completing a people and resurrecting a people in this new day.
0: We are in a new day, aren't we? Yes, we I definitely mean, are. It's def- I mean, I've been... I've been in the Lord for 35, 30 some years, whatever that amount is. You've been in there for over 40. And, um, you know, it just feels like we're entering a new day or we've already come into a new day. Not, We're not entering. We're there already. and And it's important because Jesus basically gave us an abundant life to live, and it's available to everyone. And so if you're out there and you're not living an abundant life, that's a life filled with joy, peace, just like the song, Righteousness, Joy, and Peace, and you're you're living a life that you seem to wake up thanking the Lord and just being happy with where the Lord has you, then you know what? You can change that. It's a choice. It's your choice to decide, am I going to wake up and live an abundant life today, or am I going to wake up and live a life that eh, it's not so abundant? And um, so, you know, at Kingdom Building, we always try to point you the way, first of all, to Jesus, but also point you the way to how to achieve these things. And, um, you know, the question is, not only how do you achieve it, but why are so many people not achieving it? Why are so many people down and whatever? Yeah, the things of the natural, you know, will, will affect how you walk through life. I mean, if you're sick in your body and all that, we realize all that. But you can still be sick in your body and live an abundant life. Do you believe that, Jim? Jim?
1: Yeah, I think when Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, I think the life he was talking about was our earthly life, and then he followed it up with saying, and have it more abundantly. And I, I think the abundant life is the spiritual life. Um, I think there's, right. frankly, frankly, I think there's too much emphasis in the church today put on prosperity and uh, lands and houses and cars. Um, Jesus did say, you know, above all, 1 John Chapter one, I believe it is. Uh, above all, I want you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So it's all about the soul prospering first, and then the other prosperity and the health and all that follows.
0: Amen. Yeah, it's this this thing is is temporary. You know, our life. Uh, we are eternal beings. So guess what? We need to focus on the eternal, not on. Doesn't mean t- don't take care of your body, don't eat right, don't you know, doesn't mean that at all. It's just saying that this life is a blip on the screen of eternity, it's not even a blip, it's shorter than that if that's possible. And so, we need to focus on, like we've said many times in this program, on things that are above, not things that are below. And what that means is you're focused so much on. The things here in the earthly realm, which is a much, much lower realm than where you can be operating in day to day.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the reason why Paul kept saying, you know, come uh, the Lord through Paul was saying, come up here. You know, what does he mean? Go climb a tree? (laughs) I don't think so. I think he meant come up here in your consciousness, in your soul as to who I am. And, as you know, we're talking about this abundant life. That's where it's at. It's to be found in him, not necessarily in the earth. You know, that's how man fell in the first place, was he got all embroiled in the earth. He wanted to be the God of his own future, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, God's given man a few thousand years to try that out, and um, it's not working so well.
0: No, no. Yeah, there, there, there is a time when you just become more aware. As you continue to seek, ask, and knock on the Lord's door, there seems to be a more awareness of the spiritual realm, of the heavenly realm, whatever you want to call it, because we are heavenly beings. We are seated with him in heavenly places, so, yeah, the, the, the thing you and I were talking about earlier before the program, and that is if God asked, if you sat down with God today, each one of you individually, and, and um, how would you answer this question? What's on your mind? Or what are you focused on today? How would you answer that question? you know that we we we're, we're talking about kingdom focus and the word focus means the center of interest or activity so what is at the center of your interest or activity today tomorrow the next day next year whatever each and every day what is the center of your interest or activity how would you answer the question if god asked you what's on your mind today Interesting thought, isn't it, Jim?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's it certainly is food for thought. Um, it may sound like a simple question, uh, but it's like anything else in God's kingdom. Uh, you've got to meditate on these things. Joshua said meditate therein day and night uh, that you may deal wisely um, and be prosperous. Um, but no, that, that is a question, you know, at one time the Lord asked me. You know, what's on your mind? and I thought, gee, that's a simple thing to ask me, Lord. But then he was quiet. It was almost like he was saying, no, I want you to pause and think about the question I just put before you. And when I started thinking about what is on my mind, there was a whole lot of stuff other than him and i think that he was trying to get a point across to me that if you'll focus more on me all this other stuff is going to go away that you're concerned about <laughs> and boy i will tell you that's that's a lesson that we've we've got to learn <laughs> we've got to learn that lesson
0: yeah that's that's basically the direction we're heading in um you know what occupies your time and efforts? Yeah, we have to go work a job if you're working, if you're not uh, like Jim and I and retired, living the high life, living large. <laughs> um, but but what do you think, you know, even at work, driving down the road, whatever, what are you thinking about during the day? I mean, it's an interesting thing to, to, to really ponder uh, as far as if we took... Um, I don't know, however many hours we're awake in a day and we just started journaling what, what was on our mind this minute or that minute. I know it would take a lot of pieces of paper or a lot of, uh, of time at the computer. But anyway, is it how can I be a person of love and positivity or is it always thinking about myself? You know, who did me wrong, what I want, you know, a lot of times what we want isn't necessarily what we need. I know Julie's laughing right now because I always, when she (laughs) says, should we get this? And I go, is it a want or is it a need? If it's a need, if it's a need, get it. If it's a want maybe we can hold off you know and 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 she always gets on my case cuz it's like uh sometimes we do want to spoil ourselves and get something we want even though we don't need it so anyway um i, I there's was just, no
1: condemnation in that what's that there's no condemnation in that
0: of course not
1: you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway Um, you know, I was just thinking about needs and wants, and I was thinking about when Jesus was feeding the 5,000, Jim, and, um, you know, they were all out in the middle of nowhere. It was getting late, and the disciples were concerned about people getting hungry and where they're going to stay the night and whatever. Jesus responded, and I'm kind of paraphrasing this, and, and, you know, it would take a long time to really read every scripture, but I'm paraphrasing. It's Jesus responded and says, "And this, I found this really interesting." He said to the disciples, "You have the food to feed them." Yeah, it's good. Interesting. You have. He's telling yeah. the disciples, "You ha-, and what? What I believe because I always try to take whatever Jesus says." not in the natural, but in the spirit first, what kind of food was he talking about? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, Jesus, we all have food to feed the masses. Every one of, if you're listening to Kingdom Building and you've been listening for 18 years or even three weeks, you have the food to feed the masses. And that's, that's the bread of life. You know, they yeah. the the representation in the wilderness was manna. It came every day, you know, but you couldn't store it away and hoard it. Jesus wants us to distribute that manna that that bread of life on a daily basis to whomever we come in contact with.
1: Yeah, and you know, Rich, it's very easy to get caught up in yesterday's manna. Sure. Um, what I mean by that is, I meet I meet so many brothers and sisters at uh, some of these gatherings and that that I go to, um, and they'll say, I, you know, I'm a Baptist and I'll die a Baptist. My mom and dad were Baptists, uh, and and that's what I am. Um, and you know. <sighs> The Lord is saying I mean, you could put any tonight.
0: you could put any denomination in that it's, it's oh, yeah. not just yeah, that, you know that. my mom's methodist my dad you know whatever right. um right it, the bottom line is you're being defined by your heritage yeah your natural yeah. heritage not your spiritual heritage yeah, yeah. good
1: point Amen.
0: I'm sorry you were going to finish. I apologize for cutting you no, off.
1: No, no. No, I'm glad that you did because that can be misinterpreted sometimes over the airwaves.
0: Yeah, we 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 love Baptists, Methodists, Catholics, Muslims, Hindus. You name it, we <laughs> love them because Jesus loved them all, and we are called upon to love as Jesus loved, and it was very simple. The only people, he still loved them, but the only people that Jesus took exception to were the people that thought they had all the answers. They were learned in the, the things of religion and whatever. Those were the only people Jesus took issue with. He still loved them, but he took issue with them. And um, so yeah. we 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 believe the way Jesus believes. we love them all. we love everybody. But I will go, continue because it's an interesting reply that the after Jesus says, "You have the food to feed them," they they replied, "All we have are these five small loaves of bread and two dried fish." So basically they didn't get it completely. They got the natural interpretation of you have. The food to feed them, but they missed out that, that Jesus is the food for everybody because when it goes on, it says, after everyone was seated, Jesus told the disciples to seat everybody. And I like that because if you're seated, you're in a place of rest, you know, and and it's amazing how, you know, if you're in rest, how much more you can gain from you know, the time you have with the Lord. But anyway, um, then in the presence of his disciples and everyone else, but it says in the presence of the disciples, he broke off pieces of bread and fish and kept giving more to each disciple to give to the crowd. It was multiplying before their eyes. All were filled And there were even leftovers. Just an interesting thing how Jesus, the Bible says, he will supply all your need. Didn't say all your wants, but he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And that's exactly what he did when he fed the 5,000. Yeah. The people needed food. Jesus supplied the food. The disciples' focus was on the need for food for the masses. Jesus' focus was a kingdom focus, which was not only to provide for their natural needs, but more importantly, to show them how awesome the kingdom of God really is. A miracle took place that day, and all witnessed it.
1: Yeah, and you know the interesting thing about that, Rich, uh, was he never asked who believes in me or who doesn't believe in me. He fed them all. That's right. He fed them all. And And and, he's doing uh, it now
0: if you're hungry.
1: Yeah, and and, uh, don't ask me why, but he chooses uh, to feed the multitude through his man.
0: Hmm.
1: Through his man, through the sons that were walking with him. And he's still doing the same thing today. Yep. And so we've got to have the spiritual food to feed these people. And that's all the more reason why we cannot hold on to yesterday's manna or yesterday's bread, because it gets spoiled. Because God's always moving. God's always in motion. There's always new depths to plummet in God. There's always new heights to go to. Uh, and it's more than just one hour on Sunday. And, you know, frankly, it took me a, took me a few decades to learn that truth, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, if you're going to be of service to the Lord, you've got to receive fresh manna from him every day and then go and break that down and feed it to the multitude. Because Jesus wants to work through his man. He's doing everything. You know, The Bible says that the heavens belong to God but he has given earth to man. Yes. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of judgment in the earth today because of man's uh, lack of willingness to draw near to the Lord. Um, and we blame God for all this chaos. Yep. But uh, we, won't, we won't get into the judgment scene because even at that rate, when the judgment's are in the earth, the people will learn righteousness. So there's even a, a good end to that, too, in the Lord. He's... He's into nothing but redemption and reconciliation.
0: Called righteous judgment. Yes. His mercies are new and afresh every single day. Just like the manna in the natural. Just think, those mercies, those, the grace, the love, the compassion he has for you is new and fresh every single day. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. Okay, we're going to take another look at what it is to be focused in, in, you know, the kingdom focus that we uh, called this uh, broadcast today, and that is found in Philippians 3.13. In Philippians 3.13, Paul says, Dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. (laughs) So if anybody thinks out there that they've they've arrived and they've they've got all the truth and all the answers and whatever, I think you need to read Philippians 3.13, because if Paul didn't have it, it'd be hard to believe that someone else did. Uh, I think this is something that goes on forever and ever and ever to basically achieve it, what Paul was saying, it. Um, But Paul goes on to say, but I focus on this one thing. This one thing is so important if you're going to live the abundant life and you're going to have kingdom focus. This one thing is so critically important. Paul says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. You know, our attitude has to be focused every day every day because some of us we get to a point where something bad happens and it ruins our whole day and that that's not the way it should be. Um, so you have to ask your question you may you may think it doesn't but does the past does the past have a hold on you? Do you spend too much time on negative thinking and negative things? that happened in your past. Some people are, they think every day about something that happened to them when they were a child, and they could be 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. Don't let the past, don't let our past rob us of our present. The past is in the past, and there's nothing we can do about it. Nothing at all. If you need a healing regarding your past, receive it right now. Right now. In the name of Jesus, I believe the anointing is here, and you can get healed from your past, the things that are troubling in your past. Yeah, it involves forgiveness, but you're, guess what? Your forgiveness to that person or what's happened or whatever, it may be forgiveness for you, to yourself, maybe forgiven God. But guess what? Once you do that, you're set free. And whom the son sets free is free indeed, that's for sure. Only Jesus can heal your broken heart. Only Jesus, no no, no counseling, no man, woman, whatever can do that. So, you know, if you have things that have broken you in the past, ask him right now to to heal you from that pain. And he will. I'm telling you, he will. If you truly mean it, if you're truly willing to let it go.
1: You know, that was the the day that I got uh, woken up by the Lord, the day I got saved. Uh, That was the first thing that he spoke to me. He said, you've been forgiven. Now go walk in love. And I think that that's one of the first principles of walking successfully in God's kingdom. Uh, And if you really desire to be pleasing to the Lord, um, first we have to understand that we're already pleasing in his sight because of what his son did for us on Calvary. Uh, But if you want to feel a closeness to the Lord, Uh, then forgiveness is an issue that you're going to have to deal with um, because, you know, God forgave the sins of the world. And who are we or who are you, you know, to hold sins against somebody else when you have been thoroughly forgiven yourself? So I don't think you can preach enough or teach enough on that word forgiveness, Rich. I really do believe that that is the first door that opens Uh, when you come into God's kingdom, is you've got to forgive. And the reason why is that it doesn't make God angry at you. It's just that through forgiveness, you're separating yourself in your own mind from God. He hasn't left you. He would never leave you or forsake you. It's just that if you get this unforgiveness thing in you, you separate yourself in your mind from the Lord. And God doesn't want that. God wants you to be one with Him, and that's what oneness is all about. It's getting rid of unforgiveness and things of that nature in your life to uh, to come into a oneness and a unity in love with Him.
0: Amen. That's for sure. We've all been there, Jim. We've all there's nobody out oh, there yeah. that you know hasn't experienced hurt that hasn't yeah, experienced brokenheartedness.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a human experience.
0: It is. Jesus yeah. e- experienced it. I mean, look yeah. at look at uh, how the end of his life here on earth ended. Um, you know, he was in the garden and he said, "Lord, if this cup could pass, but nevertheless, Thy will be done." And that's that's a great example of the way we need to live our lives. I mean, people had wronged him badly, and, and he knew what was coming around the corner. He knew it. And he forgave them anyway, because one of the last things he said on the cross is, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because if they did, they would yeah. have never crucified him.
1: Yeah. crucify the Lord of glory.
0: Yeah. So
1: if they would have known who he was, yeah.
0: So, again, ask yourself this question. Here's another question for you that you need to ask yourself. Am I operating in joy? Joy, happiness. I know joy and happiness, there's a little difference, but let's just for now just say, are you, are you genuinely happy? You know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you want strength, you, got, you need to let that joy come forward. We need to be joyful people. Because people are looking at us, whether you know it or not. And if you are hit with trials and tribulations, and you show joy in the midst of that, it's going to have a major impact on people because you're not acting like the normal person acts when trials and tribulations come. I love in um, Philippians 4, it says, Joy is not a luxury... Joy is your constant. Think about that for a second. If joy is your constant, that means we are to be joyful 24-7. Your union in the Lord is your permanent source of delight. There's where you get your joy. Your permanent source of delight is knowing the Lord. So I might as well, Paul says, say it again, rejoice in the Lord always. And if you're rejoicing in the Lord, guess what? That joy is going to come all over you. You're going to be joyful, and people are going to see it, and they're going to love it. Would you rather be hanging around a joyful person or someone that's Constantly complaining and down and negative and whatever. Of course we know the answer to that. 4.5. Philippians 4.5 says, Show perfect courtesy towards all people. Boy, could we use that lesson here today for the world. <laughs> for the world. I'm going to say that again. Show perfect courtesy towards all people. That requires patience, folks, and he is going to give us patience. You you hear people say, well, never pray for patience because he's going to test you to see if you are patient. Well, guess what? (laughs) You're going to be tested anyway. (laughs) But anyway, it says, the Lord is not near to some than what he is to others. I'm going to rephrase that and say, you know, the Lord is not near to all these great men and women of faith that are on TV, radio, whatever, pastors, preachers, five-fold ministry people. The Lord is not nearer to them than he is to you. Now, with that saying, it says, the Lord is not near. In other words, you cannot be near to the Lord. The Bible says that if you draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. So guess what? He hasn't moved. If you don't feel near to the Lord, you're the one that's that's moved away. And that's why... You know, that the very next thing he says is, Let no anxiety about anything distract you. Rather, translate moments into prayerful worship and soak your request in gratitude before God. So so guess what? You know, if it says in 2 John 1:8, if we're diligent. If we it says, be diligent so that you will receive your full reward. We have to be diligent. Every day we have to make a decision to what like it says here you know, prayerful worship. Soak your requests in gratitude before God. We we need to do that every single day. It says in first Peter five, six, therefore humbly. Humble yourselves in the under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Goes on to say casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Jim, we gotta take a break. Yeah what here. you're talking
1: about there.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll come back to you, but uh Did you know that you can help save up to four lives in less than one hour? You can, by donating blood, start saving lives by calling Hawksworth Blood Center, 513-451-0910, or visit their website at hawksworth.org. Do you have a question about Social Security? Most Social Security business can be handled online or by phone. I just called them last week, and they were very gracious and very helpful But anyway, call 800-772-1213 between the hours of 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. or go to their website at socialsecurity.gov. So anyway, go ahead, Jim.
1: No, you were just... Oh, you know
0: what? I'm sorry again. Let me stop here because I wanted to do this in the beginning of the program. We have an email address that if you would like to get in touch with us, it's Radio W-A-I-F, at gmail.com. That's KB Kingdom Building, but the initials, KB Radio, W A I F at Gmail.com. Also, we are on almost most of the ones I'm familiar with. We are we have a podcast out there and it's available pretty much anywhere you would look up your podcasts. Uh, If you've never looked up podcasts before, you can get them. You can get it at uh, Amazon Music, Apple Music. Um, You can get it, our podcast, at um, iHeartRadio. Guys, Spotify. I mean, all you got to do is go to one of those uh, websites or one of those apps and put in Kingdom Building. There might be other Kingdom Buildings. But this one will have a picture of someone standing in the ocean looking at a sunset. And that is uh, Kingdom Building. Just put in Kingdom Building and and you can listen to, I think we have five podcasts loaded and with more to come. And um, we'd love to hear back from you uh, at kbradio, WAIF at gmail.com with uh, what your thoughts are. And as always, if you have uh, a topic that you'd like for us to talk about, uh, just email us at kbradio, W-A-I-F, at com. Sorry to interrupt you, Jim, but I forgot to do that at to the top of the hour. You're forgiven. No, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be.
1: <laughs> no, I was just thinking about everything you're talking about, Rich, about... Uh, forgiveness and uh, basically walking in love really is what we're talking about, walking in the nature of God. Um, I love um, you know, peace, rest, walking in unforgiveness. Um, I love a a statement that uh, I think it was the 15th or 17th century, either St. Francis of Assisi or St. Augustine said that uh, we are to witness and testify uh, all the time and if we have to use words. Yeah, our our life is the real witness of God's nature. Um, we can pass out four spiritual all tracks all day, and and uh, we can talk to people about getting saved and so on and so forth. Uh, but I think a great, greater witness, really, is to see the nature of God operating in somebody. You know, somebody that, that doesn't, that has a good spirit, and he's not walking in unforgiveness against people, and he's walking in the joy of the Lord. Uh, those are all fruits of the Spirit that we're talking about, um, and and those are all available uh, to us um, through focusing on the Lord simply through focusing on the Lord. And, you know, what does that mean? Does it mean spending two hours a day in school that rich? No, it doesn't. It just means practicing the presence of God wherever you're at. And whatever, whatever situation you're in, if you're in a joyful situation, then praise God. You know, if you're in a situation that's challenging or maybe you're having personality problems or conflicts with people— then you've got to look for the Lord in that conflict because the only reason why conflicts, the reason why tribulation comes to us in this world, it's all supposed to be learning experiences. We're supposed to grow through these things. Mm-hmm. You know, I call earth, earth school. Mm-hmm. I think that's the reason why the Lord put us here in this earth realm. Uh, it's, it literally is God schooling us through the Holy Spirit. If, if that makes sense?
0: Now, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, we never want to go through a broadcast without telling you how much God loves you. Some people are walking in condemnation because they think they've they've missed God and and you know, they've missed their chance to have a relationship with him because of what they did. And that's yeah. just not the case. You know, you we need to know that he loves us and cares about us, regardless of our behavior. Now, is that a license to just go out and, and uh, you know, live riotously? No, no. In fact, the closer you get to him, the, the less you even would have a desire to. Right. You know, right. He's not only with you, Emmanuel, but he is in us. He's yeah. in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is what this, Paul said. There's the mystery that's been hidden for <laughs> millennials. Um, he's, you know, he's always guiding and directing our paths, whether you know it or not. Jim said something earlier, and I looked down. I had my Bible open. I looked down. It wasn't a scripture, it wasn't a verse, it was just a a comment that he made, and I looked down in my Bible, and there it was. You know, that's not by accident. That's not by accident. It was, the Lord is not nearer to some than he is to others. He, He mentioned that because he was in a meeting where, you know, someone had mentioned that someone's... Uh, spouse was very close to Lord, to the Lord, and you know what? That's awesome. But guess what? God's just as close to him as he is his spouse.
1: Yeah, I think that was the point he was trying to get across, and well intentioned. We understand, well, sure. Where the brother.
0: Was sure, what's
1: coming from? Yeah. But uh, when he said that, uh, you know, the Lord is closer to my wife because she stays focused on him all the time, and as soon as he said that, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, and he said, uh, yes, I am close to her, but I'm no closer to her than I am to everybody else in my creation. <laughs> you know, he has the same same amount of love for all of his creation instead of one individual. He doesn't signal out. He, You know, he doesn't love Billy Graham more than he loves Jim, Rich, Harry, Barbara you know he loves us always no respecter of persons the bible says
0: that's true no no and i since i trusted in the lord i can't tell you one time that i was hurt by that i can't tell you one time since i've been trusting in the lord I mean did everything go the way I'd like to for it to go? No. No. But guess what? All the trust I've ever put in him, I've never been disappointed. Not once. So we need to trust him in all that we think and do. Trust him with your mind, trust him with your your actions, your you know the way you go through the day. But you but trust him He's worth being, he's worthy to be trusted. He truly is. And um, But you know, Rich, go. you know,
1: Rich, you don't know if you can trust somebody unless you know them, though. True. You know, you just can't say to somebody, I know you know this, but so often we'll say, just trust God, trust God. Uh, but people never draw near enough in a relationship, an intimate relationship with the Lord. where well, they actually come to know him by the Spirit. You know Jesus said the father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth not just with your mind but you've got to become one in the spirit face to face with God and that only comes through spending some quiet time with the Lord yes you know getting you know getting in a restful position even if it's 5 minutes a day that's how I started off some years ago just 5 minutes a day my flesh really couldn't tolerate more than that uh, because I was into everything else through the course of a day with running businesses and owning businesses and what have you. But I found that it started five minutes and it got to 10 minutes and it got to a couple of hours. And and now it's it's more of a focus of practicing his presence in everything, in every event, everywhere that I go now. I want to see him.
0: Yes. Amen. And
1: that's the key to walking in the kingdom because The closer you draw to the Lord, the higher the understanding and wisdom will come to you in the kingdom of God. You will actually come into the kingdom on earth instead of waiting to die and go into the kingdom. Jesus prayed, thy kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven, and the earth he's talking about was not this terra firma, this mud and trees and whatever, he's talking about the earth that we were created out of, and ourselves, so you can experience and taste heavenly things right now, you know, doesn't the scriptures say, you know, you can taste the Lord, you can see that God is good, you can hear the Lord, we have all five spiritual senses, just like we have five natural senses, but they have to be trained, They have to be trained.
0: My sheep know my voice.
1: Yeah, there you go. And it is a knowing, too. Yeah. It is a knowing. It's it's just like when you pick up the phone and and Julie's calling you, Rich, all she has to do is say, hi, Rich, and you know it's your wife. But some other person could pick up the phone and say, hi, Rich, and you could sit there thinking, "Mm, who is this person? I don't really know them that well. Uh, And that's the way it is. It, It really is a knowing God's voice. As much as it is hearing God's voice,
0: yeah, that would be pretty silly if Julie called me after the radio program and I went, (laughs) "Now who's this?" (laughs) I'd probably be locked out of the house.
1: Yeah, well, I think sometimes I've said that to the Lord, especially when He tells me to do things
0: I don't want to do. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm going to get into you, Lord, but I'm not sure, Jim. I'm going to get into something here that. Maybe a little foreign, maybe a little heavy, it may be a little controversial, but I I really think it's important that we discuss this when we're talking about uh, focus, because we said earlier that you are forgiven. It's all throughout the Bible. You are forgiven. Some places, I think it's in Psalms, I forget which Psalm, it says, he doesn't even remember Your sins any longer. So we need to get rid of the condemnation towards others and self condemnation because we are forgiven. We've said many times that's not a license to go out with this grace and just do whatever you want because when you find that relationship, the sweet spot with the Lord uh the only thing you want to do is just continue to spend more time with him but anyway it, it says in Psalms 139:8 and this is going to speak to someone if you if you just hear us out here it says if I ascend up to into heaven and we've talked about that we've talked about entering heaven we've talked about through meditation on the lord and meditation on his scriptures you can experience heavenly realms here, sitting in your chair at home or, or uh, wherever. But it says, if I ascend up to heaven, thou art there. God's there. Now listen to this. May, some of you may, may have never even heard this before. It says, goes on to say, if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Now, we all know that the word love has many meanings in the Greek. We've heard agape, we've heard phileo, we've heard, um, what's the other, arrows. We've heard all the different Greek terms for love. Well, guess what? I can come up with three terms for hell. Because it says, if I make my bed in hell, behold, I'm there. He's talking about in this lifetime right now, there are people, and I've been one of them, that chose to make my bed in hell. Now, what is, what is the, the, the Greek word for hell in this context? It is Sheol. Now, there's also, the same word hell in English is also Hades, Gehenna, and Sheol, Now, the word Sheol is, um, in this case, because it's the Old Testament, it's a Hebrew word called of extreme degradation and sin. That's what it means. It also means grave and death. But in this context, it's saying if if I choose to sin and sin and sin, the Lord's still there. Now, now, does he want you to realize that you don't need to do that? Yes. But he's still forgiven you. But guess what comes with making your bed in hell? It's miserable. It's a miserable lower existence than what you need to live. Separation. It's Yeah, it's it's deprivation. It's a separation from God. And he didn't separate from you because it says right here that even if you make your bed in hell, he's there. You separated from him. I just found that interesting that even if we make, even if we choose to really mess up and the prisons are full of people. You know, when I was in college, I was doing stuff I shouldn't have been doing. But guess what? He was there. I didn't acknowledge him, but he was there anyway, because that's what he said. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to f- forsake you. He's always going to be there. And it's interesting that that is in the Bible. What's your thoughts, Jim?
1: No, I agree. I agree. Um...
0: It's there's a lower a, realm, isn't it? It's choosing to yeah. live in a lower realm, an earthly, lower realm where, you you know, you, you're basically given in to the lusts of everything.
1: Yeah, you basically have created your own hell. When God says that uh, if you make your bed in hell, you know, like we said, a bed is a place of rest, uh, but there's no rest in hell. Uh, now let me let me clarify, there is no hell in God, but no. God is with you, but God is with you in your hell.
0: There's nowhere you can go where He's not with you
1: right, right. even though you make your bed in horrible circumstances, like Rich pointed out, many men and women that are in prison cells today. Those are prison cells of their own making. They're in a hellish situation, but many of them have jailhouse conversions, and they end up coming out walking in peace, love, and joy.
0: Praise the Lord.
1: Because they called on the Lord, because the Lord was with them in their hellish jail cell. So, but there's no, you know, the scripture also says that uh, God dwells in darkness, which is hell. Uh, Now, there's no darkness in God, but he still will go to the depths to redeem us. It even says, in i end it with this, wrist, But it even said that on the day he was crucified, where did he go? He went to the souls that were in hellish condition, and he set captivity free. Yes. Meditate on that verse. Meditate on those verses for a while, and you're going to see the depths of the love of God. It, regardless of where you're at, how deep a hell you make, he can reach you, and he will be with you.
0: Amen. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, didn't Jesus say I'll leave the 99 for that one lost one? Yes. I'll leave the 99. He he cares yeah. about each and every soul out there. So if if you've never been told the Lord cares about you, you have now. He he cares about you. He loves you. Now when I when I read that in Psalms 139 I also remembered the scripture in Romans 6:23 it says for the wages of sin is death but there's a big but there and it says but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord You know like we said the wages that's the that's your pay and some people got paid by a life prison sentence some people got paid by if they were driving recklessly on the highway that they got and had an accident they got paid by maybe being hurt from that reckless behavior so those are the wages it's death in other words death meaning that it's it's comprising all the miseries arising from sin that's what it means
1: Separation,
0: yeah. Yeah, comprising all the miseries arising from sin. The Bible says sin's great for a season. (laughs) It seems that way, at least. It's not. But you may think it's great for a season. But you know what? Sooner or later, it's going to catch up to you. The good news in all this is we are truly forgiven. Truly forgiven but at what expense? You know, there may be a thing that happens to you that you cannot, uh, that you're going to have scars for the rest of your life because of, of the wages of sin is death. Jim, you want to get, you want to, you want to comment? uh, Yeah, we're talking about
1: the love of God. You know, God's, Uh, very very clear in the scripture where he says it is it's not my will that any should perish okay it's not my will that any should
0: perish
1: and there's other interesting verses too that says he works all things after the counsel of his own will you might want to you might want to meditate on those two verses sometime It's not my will that any should perish. And I work all things after the counsel of my own will. Now, I'm just quoting King James scriptures to you. Um, But, yeah, I'm convinced. I've even listened, Rich, to several near-death experiences, people that died, and many of them were unbelievers and went to the other side and, and went into a place of kind of torment. And uh, even there, many of them, of course, I don't know, it's up to you if you want to believe it or not, but many of them said that they cried out to God, and, and even then, he brought them up and out of that hellish situation. So, you know, this plan of God is a whole lot bigger than this little boat in a bottle. Yeah. You know, we think we, get, we, think we got this whole salvation plan down. I got news for you. There's a whole lot more to come yet. A whole lot more to come.
0: Well, Romans eight thirty eight also um, also confirms what we're saying. It says, and in Paul's writing to the Romans, he says, and to us, he says, "I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love." Boy, isn't that isn't that that's the good news right there?
1: Wow, you ain't kidding.
0: That, that, meditate nothing, on that. Think about that. That nothing can ever separate us from god's love i mean that that nothing means nothing there's nothing you can do that's going to separate that he's going to say i don't love you anymore
1: neither tell, tell me a sin that tell me a sin that's greater than the blood of jesus christ
0: well <laughs> there is none. that says it all it says neither death nor life neither angels nor demons Neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. Ponder that. I mean, you could chew on that one the rest of the day and just rejoice. I mean, it's just so powerful. Nothing can separate us from his love. He loves you unconditionally. Yeah, You may do some stupid things. I've done plenty. But he still loves me. He still loves you. And nothing can separate us from that love.
1: Now, you know, Rich, a lot of things that you're saying, I can just hear a lot of people shaking their head and say, well, yeah, I know that. You know, I've read that in the scriptures. But if you sit and focus and get quiet before the Lord and let the Lord take you into... Depths and heights that where you've never been, you'll start seeing a whole greater truth in these scriptures, other than what you're seeing with with your earthly mind right now. Yeah, you know. Yep. Because we're all the stuff you're saying, Rich, is groundbreaking. Uh, but if you just listen to it with your natural mind and say, "Oh yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I know that," you know. But do you do you really know? that God will never leave you, or for that matter, anybody else on this planet.
0: <laughs> you know, you just, a, reminded, have... you just reminded me of something. It's like, I used to, when, when, um, when I messed up, I used to say, oh Lord, please forgive me. And I got to a point where I didn't ask that anymore. I just repented. And all That's... repentance means is a change of thought process, a change of your mind. And and because one time I said, oh, Lord, forgive me, I had a bad thought or whatever, and I felt the Spirit of the Lord saying, son, don't you know you're already forgiven? So yeah. by you asking for forgiveness, it's for you, it's not for him. He's already yeah. forgiven you. That just sets your conscience at, at ease. But it's, it has nothing to do with uh, pleasing God because He's already forgiven you. What pleases Him is you say, Lord, I repent. I repent uh, of, of the, my thought, my thinking. I repent of what I said or what I did. That is what He wants you to say. Because asking someone to forgive you when they've already forgiven you, you wouldn't go ask a human being that, that, um, that says, I forgive you for what you did, you wouldn't keep asking him, would you? Yeah. No, they've already forgiven you once. That's once and for all. He's forgiven us.
1: Yeah, you know, if he hasn't forgiven us once and for all, Rich, then it's like Paul said, well, then let's go eat, drink, and be merry. Because I know that I'm going to fall short of the glory of God this time tomorrow. Right. I mean, I know that I'm going to do things that... displeasing to a holy God, but see, again, I think that the church has to get across one main point, uh, and that is God is not interested so much in what you're doing for him. He is interested in conveying to your conscious mind and to your heart what he's already done for us, the finished work of Calvary when Jesus said, it is finished.
0: Well, our time is out here. Do you have a quick poem, or do you want us to just go ahead and tell everybody we love them, and we'll see them next week?
1: Got a quick poem I can close with. Go for it. Okay. Uh, The poem says, Behold, I do a new thing. I am the word of God. I'm churning up your earthly sod. I'm planting in new seeds of life for you to avoid the ways of strife. If you hold fast to my head, I will lead you through the dread, through anxiety, through worry, through apprehension, and take my yoke upon thee and learn from me, for it is easy, and my burden is light, and it will dispel all the confusion of the night.
0: Praise the Lord. We love you out there. Keep listening. Check our podcasts out wherever you get your podcasts. God bless you. In the Holy Ghost, that's the kingdom of God. You're providing righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, oh. righteousness, peace, and joy in the